The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Opens Masters class. That's right. Each and every Sunday we drop a bit of education to the Busted Open Nation exclusively on the Busted Open podcast. Make sure you subscribe and also rate. Give us a five-star rating here on the Busted Open podcast. And Today, we have a great one, and it's the end of kayfabe. And I'm doing that with, of course, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry, WWE Hall of Famer and TNA Hall of Famer Bully Ray, and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer. And it was a year ago that we had Undertaker Day here on Busted Open. Of course, you can listen to Busted Open Monday through Saturday on Sirius XM Channel 156 Fight Nation. And... That kind of, for me, marked the end of kayfabe. When you hear The Undertaker as Mark Calloway talking about his career. And Mark, for you, somebody that, you know, stepped into the ring with The Undertaker at WrestleMania, did you ever think that you would be hearing the man talking about his career? No, uh, I I definitely didn't. I thought that this would be one that uh, he would take to the grave, but... Um, I look at it now, Dave, and we're in a different time. Just because you pull the curtain back doesn't mean you have to throw it all the way open. And I I don't feel like he threw it all the way open. Uh, He just, you know, opened it up, let everybody see Oz, and closed it back. Yeah, and when you're seeing, you know, Mark Calloway doing interviews in People Magazine and the Undertaker has an account on social media. You kind of know that it's the end of kayfabe. And and bully, you know how much has the business changed with a lot of these changes that we've seen over the last couple of decades? Well, before I start answering any of your questions or talking with the boys about this, I want to go on record and say that I was vehemently against doing this episode. I I don't want to be here talking about this. Um, in my eyes. Um, I won't even say the word. How about that? In my eyes, I still protect this industry any way I possibly can. I'm willing to pull back the curtain just enough for 
smarter wrestling fans, and when I say smarter wrestling fans, I'm not talking about smart marks. I'm talking about fans who want to look at the industry in a more intellectual way. But to me, as a performer, what we do is sacred. I really don't want to talk about it. I feel like you've all put a gun to my head and forced me to talk about it today, which is fine because I kind of got outvoted. You're lucky I didn't go in the back and politic all three of you because you know how that goes. Um... But yeah, like I, I'm, I'm all for protecting the wrestling industry um, to the death. You know, on Busted Open, I try to be the analyst and take you into the ring or behind the curtain a little bit. When it comes to me as a performer, uh-uh, all bets are off. I will protect it to the end. Tommy knows the lengths that I have gone to protect some of my stuff. Tommy's been involved in some of the stuff that I have tried to protect over the years. I've actually asked Tommy to go do things for me at obscure hours of the night just to protect some of the things that I was doing or some of the stories I was trying to tell um, in, in various companies. So the conversation for me is uncomfortable because I don't like to admit that what we're talking about today doesn't exist anymore. Uh, to me, it should still exist. Just because Vince McMahon decided to call this entertainment and pull the curtain back, and since so many people decided to pull the curtain back, doesn't mean that I have to be on board with it. I still do what I have to do to make sure the business that I grew up on is still protected to the extent I can protect it. You know how they say everybody's when you go to vote everybody's vote means something everybody's vote can make a difference well protecting this industry means something to me and i'm going to use my voice and my vote and choose to protect pro wrestling as opposed to give it all away yeah and, well, and, and but Tom, let me oh, let me boy. hit you with something real quick like I, I i've been to vegas shows before and i've seen david copperfield and when the elephant disappears, I'm amazed. And I want to be amazed. I don't want to know how it happened, but I do know this. David Copperfield is, is a man. There is no way that he can physically make an elephant disappear. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to be entertained by it because um, – I'm in a conversation where we talk about, no, there's a way that he did it. It's just that I don't want to know how. So don't think for one second that I'm going to come on here and start breaking down how you smoke and mirror a situation. My, my thing is, is I want people to respect the art of what we do. That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, how you not how you do it but how you get it across and and that's totally two different things well, yes we're entertainers yes david copperfield is a music is a magician but you don't have to say how you do to know what you do but Tommy, Tommy, what do you think yeah, Tommy, in a lot of ways, didn't Vince McMahon, like Bully mentioned about him pulling back the curtain? When that moment happened, is the toothpaste out? Is the toothpaste out? Is it, you know, is the rabbit out of the hat? Is it David Copperfield explaining how he made that elephant disappear? Uh, first, I want to say I think everybody here is on the same page. I'm talking about Mark and Bully about our love and protection of the business. We also come from that time of, yes, I remember 
listen, I remember when the uh, Eddie Mansfield 2020 piece and they showed Eddie Mansfield blading. And I remember going to school and defending professional wrestling. And then I remember going in with my pro wrestling illustrated and showing the frame by frame where he goes like this. Then they cut to the reporter and then they, they showed him bloody. They never actually showed him cut himself. And I was like, you see this is the, like, and I was like, it was makeup. It's all fake, blah, 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 blah. Um, I used to fight and you got to understand too. I bully uh, myself and Mark came up with the era of the dirt sheets and the dirt sheets were two to three people's opinions of like your match or exposing stuff, business or um, exposing angles of what wrestlers were coming in. And when no matter like secrets, all that stuff, it's so hard to keep that in because it really does affect business. And I also remember, you know, it was one specific sheet. The whole New Jack incident literally cost us our first ever pay-per-view. And I wanted to beat the crap out of those guys. There was a, I kicked two guys out who wrote for uh, a dirt sheet, kicked them out of the building. And ever since then, day one, I've never had a good match. I'm the worst. I'm this, I'm that. That's their personal opinion because of a situation that happened. And, you know, I, and I always say this to every wrestler, and there has been a lot of wrestlers. I'm blown away with the amount of wrestlers that I found out through the years because everyone, like all these old school tough guy wrestlers were actually pretty, I want to also say insecure and stooging a lot of information off. Mm-hmm. Um, I Telephone, telegraph, tell a wrestler. I would tell every wrestler listening, um, the same people that you're stroking or carrying on for to try to talk good about you on the worst day of your life, they're going to be the ones who talk everything crap about you. Now with social media has all blown up. And you also got to understand, like, I had to deal with Paul Heyman, who literally used to send our shows to Dave Meltzer and Wade Keller. And I'm like, why would you send these shows to them when they cost us all this stuff? And he was just like, I want them to, and I want their honest opinion. He wanted to stay on their good side. And then the biggest thing, and this is where I sort of saw a different version. And it was when we were bringing in Rick Rude and it leaked and Paul's, and we had no more fans in attendance. And Paul's like, listen, we're sold out. I want everyone to know that they missed something. So he leaked out his own spoiler. And he goes, I can't get another person. I can't get another dollar out there. So I'm doing this purposely for other people. So they got to know that they need to be at every show that we have. So we have that. And I was like, okay, that's business. But literally when there's things about, well, you know, or personal relationships or all these different things, it's wrong. I literally read something today about a wrestler and their medical condition. And when I I would research it for the first person who broke the story, I would sue that reporter. You know why it's breaking the HIPAA law. And though it may have happened, but you're discussing someone's medical issue on a website because that person had to be rushed to a hospital, all that stuff. There are so many different ways that you can look at this for me. Kayfabe is dead. And this also happened because, I mean, a lot of people will, this bothers me 
there's a lot of people, and this is me and Bubba joke about it. It's almost like that South Park. South Park did it first, but it's also as great as ECW was, was as bad as ECW was. Because then when the bubble broke and ECW, WCW go out of business, you got a lot of people who had no right to be in the wrestling business to consider themselves, themselves a wrestler, consider themselves a promoter. And they're literally fans with money. I have seen that more even now during the pandemic with all these virtual signings, all that stuff. There's literally people who I'm like, how, like I've, how is this person in the wrestling business? Who is? It's that? very, very yeah. easy to get in if you have money and a wrestler be like, oh, you want me? And I've literally seen wrestlers sitting in people's homes talking about stories because somebody's paying them to. Um, it, it's, it's a very, very slippery slope for me is kayfabe dead. No, uh, the, the, whatchamacallit match. That was a really good match that, uh, steel cage, blood and guts. It's a really, really good match. Um, they exposed the secrets in that match, but you know how they did it. It was production's fault. It was all production's fault from from the fall, Chris Jericho uh, talking, Chris Jericho. I mean, I've seen clips of, of a razor blade in his hand. You know whose fault that is? Production. When you have all this action going down on the, on the floor, that's when you shoot to that. And like Mark said, don't expose the, the, um, the trick. And then everyone wants to have an opinion because of social media, which is cool. But is kayfabe dead? No. And, and I, have, I have so many ways I could prove this. Matt Hardy, uh, MJF, CM Punk. When CM Punk wants to tweet or dabble or play with the world, Chris Jericho is another one who's great at it. It all depends on the person and how they want to do it. I literally just came back from an impact taping and I saw a girl taking pictures of everybody when they didn't know they were getting photographed. I was one of them. And I said, if I see one of those pictures on any of your OnlyFans or Patreons or behind the scenes, not only I'm gonna I'm gonna come at you, I might sue you. I may make you lose your job because you don't have my consent to do that. Because you can't make money off of me, or I don't like, hey, we just wrestled and now we're hanging out together. I hate that. And if it was my company where I'm paying you a weekly salary, I would say, okay, guess what? You want to expose all these things? I'm no longer paying you a weekly salary. That's that that's my opinion. And I could go on and on, but I have to let others talk. Well, let, let me ask you guys this. Does the modern-day fan, and we talk to the modern-day fan a lot on Busted Open on a daily basis, does that fan over, say, the age of 35 really understand what you guys are talking about? Go ahead, Mark. They, they, <clears throat> they don't understand. Um, they, they see what we do. They they can go to a wrestling school and learn how we do. But you just recently came to Beauty, Texas. Mm -hmm. For one day, you worked out, you went over some things, you saw things that you probably never thought you'd see. And then you performed. And then you traveled. Your experience is one day out of 8,000 matches that I had, you realize 
the toll that it takes on your body, yep. you learn things of how to make that better. I will never expose how to make that better. Experience is the teacher. As far as um, I consider you a work peer because of the show that we do, your respect for the business, and the fact that even if you knew, you wouldn't tell anybody that was not us. There's some people, they can't wait to go. They don't have enough respect for this business to be able to not go tell. See, this is interesting because, Bully, is it too much of fans thinking that they're a part of it and actually think they're part of, like, being in it than just being a fan and watching it? Entirely too many fans think that they're a part of it because entirely too many fans have been able to comp become a part of it entirely too easy. Just like Tommy said, all it takes is a couple of bucks. If you're an uber wrestling fan and you have deep pockets, what's to stop you from buying a ring and starting a wrestling promotion and getting in touch with a bunch of wrestlers, renting out a hall, working out some fees, and all of a sudden you're a booker. I cannot tell you how many guys I have come across, and Tommy can probably speak to this, not so much Mark, as Mark doesn't do as many indies nearly as Tommy does. I, I do a few. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry promoter thinks or wants to be the next. Who, Tommy? Who do they all want to be the next? Paul Heyman, ECW. I listen. I hate the pre-show meeting. I have literally texted Paul or taken a picture of the pre-show um, get-together where well, put it we've in context made it to the, because it's barely legal. Give it the context. We've made it to the dance. We have the promoters that we have the sponsors out there. That never happens in WWE. That never happened in WCW. That rah-rah speech. No, you come to work but on indie shows, and then they break down the matches of everything that's going on, and I'm looking around, and there are people who asked me and paid to take a picture with me and sign something with for, from me, and they're literally standing there listening to the breakdown of the show. And what they're doing there, I don't know. I don't question because I don't care because I will go. I'll take my money. I will do my job and I will make sure that everyone knows. And this was just like how it was. Everyone knew there was wrestling. Everyone knew there was WCW there. There was WWE, but there was these bunch of crazy dudes in Philadelphia. And they, what we used to do was real. It really wasn't, but we made sure it was. And if you disrespected it, it you, you were beaten. Or if you You're, tried you were to beaten. Yeah. Or can even I tell, like, can I, t can I tell can a talk, story? Bully? I'm even talking about like getting into wrestling. Like bully has a school. I have a school. And like, I once had a deal with a mother telling us that telling me this is not for bully school. This was my house, a hardcore school that we're pushing her ton, her son too hard. And we're saying he's doing something wrong and we're bullying him as trainers. And I literally <laughs> said, I'm trying to save your son's life. 
And it, cause your son doesn't know how to do a role. And if he's in the ring with a wrestler that gives him the wrong move, your son will die or become paralyzed. And because I said, what's, why can't you get this? And I'm like, listen, I'm not a public school teacher. I'm not being inappropriate. I'm trying to, and she's like, well, he feels uncomfortable because he can't do it in front of everybody. And Good, then get I'm out. saying, okay, we've get also out. tried it on, pri- on uh, the side when no one was there and he still can't get it. So how about me having to, call, and she was like, I'm going to call the, the newspaper. And I was like, okay. And these are just all things that this is a newer world. And I agree like my trainer, Johnny Rods, you hear horror stories about people. He didn't, he could have killed me. He didn't hurt me to, he put me in holds, but let me get out of it. He could have literally choked me to death day one because I was an inexperienced screen kid. But you're going to get in the ring with people that used to do that. You hear that from the old timers all the time. Like Stu Hart would be like, hey, let me put you in a hold and you give him your no. arm. And he would cripple you, but that's not, that's not training somebody. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mark. The the bully. I always bring this back to me and you in Chicago after Rosemont, uh, a show at the Rosemont. We're at the, um, the, the Doubletree hotel bar. And we're having a we're having a good time. I mean, we we were having a good time. We were talking into just us and the business and a full bar and everybody's partying, mind their own fucking business, having a good time. And then Tom Dick has to come up, and he goes, "I'm buying you guys a drink." And we're going to do this. And we're, but whoa, 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 bully. Whoa, 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 whoa. First off, take the bass out your voice. We're not doing anything unless we want to do it. If you want to buy us a drink, man, just be cool and just buy us a drink. Like, thank you. No, no. Why, 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 are, you make, why are you making this out to be a, why are you trying to be a tough guy? And I, I looked at Bully, I was like, hey, man, let it go. Let it go. And the, I said, hey, man, just give us a break, man. Let us enjoy ourselves. You go mind your business, we'll mind ours. What did the guy do, Bully? He, he left in an not, ambulance. He could not walk away. He had to say, well, fuck you guys. <laughs> well, fuck you guys. And Bully punched him right between the eyes. And he hit the ground. And they had to call the paddy wagon for him. <laughs> so that all could have been avoided if he had just, one, mind his own damn business, two, not try to be so familiar with people that he did not know. Because when you mess with people that you don't know who they are, you never know what that outcome is going to be. And three, the beautiful girl in the room, in the bar, she walks by, dumbass, don't grab her arm. 
How about that? How about say, excuse me, you're beautiful. I would love to have a conversation with you. Can I buy you a drink? I mean, let me let me get a, a area where it's just me and you. Like, do, go out of your way to make the situation palatable for the person that you're talking to and yourself. But during that time, and even today, people come up to me and they start telling me stories about me. And I'm like, no, that's not how it happened. Right. You weren't there. You don't know what that is. That's the thing about the wrestling business that this new world of opening the door does because they hear very serious and very real stories that after it's been told 10 or 15 times, then now it's embellished on, it's, it's misrepresented. Like, it's, that's the thing about this whole opening the door and and pulling back the curtain that, that has ruined it. But that being said, you cannot allow people to completely pull back the curtain because you have to have experiences to do that. And these people that we're talking to, even if you tell them, in six months, they're going to forget the story. And they're going to tell it wrong. And then somebody like me is going to go, hey, that's not the way it happened. I, and I understand that. And, and guys, I think fans sometimes get too familiar. They think they understand the business when they really don't know the business. I, I think a lot of times with the dirt sheets, they, do, they go inside and there's no credibility. And there's no, like, somebody policing those dirt sheets either. You know, if this was the NFL or Major League Baseball, if they got half of the stories wrong or the rumors wrong and it's just a rumor, they would get fired. But there's nobody really policing when it comes to dirt sheets. But let me ask you this. Have the wrestlers got involved with this too? Have the wrestlers let the fans in where they probably yes. should have? Absolutely. I don't. I don't. There, there's well, a bunch of – I see it every day. We try to protect day. this business. Yes, we try to protect this business very, very much. Tommy, um, can I just can I just go back to that no. that story real quick? I just wanted to make a quick point because I wanted Dave and everybody listening to understand about what Mark said about the incident in the hotel bar in mm-hmm. Chicago. Okay, what th- this episode that we're doing right now of the Busted Open Podcast? What's the title of it? What's it about? The, what's it's the end of kayfabe. Okay, so it's about that word. And at the end of the day, what do you know about that word? What's the definition of that word? Well, it's 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 the magic being gone from pro wrestling, the realism being gone when it's now we know it's predetermined and that world has changed. It's about the protection of our business. That that word is our iron dome of protection of our industry and our art form. So when I drop a guy in a bar in Chicago, I'm dropping him to protect our business. Because there's tons of other fans there and there's tons of other people looking on. And what I'm what I'm doing right there is letting somebody know you just don't roll up on one of us. Like you're as big, as bad, as rough, or tough, or better than. You can roll up on us as an equal, and as a gentleman, and as somebody normal. But you ain't fucking with us and getting away with it. And, and, and Bully, like you said at the beginning of the show, that you're not comfortable. This, this is not a show that you wanted to do. 
like as an old school pro wrestling fan, I got to be honest with you. It's not a show that I'm comfortable doing, and I'm not comfortable using a word that was not written for me to say. Like, there's still certain terminology that a lot of fans feel free to talk about that I feel like I'm stepping over a line. And I don't Dave, think there's this line there anymore. The reason why the, the reason why kayfabe, the word, if we're talking about the actual word, was made, it was because if me and Bubba are talking about something, then there's somebody who is a fan, you would say that name and then me and Bubba would be smartened up that this person shouldn't be listening to this conversation. Do you know in ECW, we actually changed the name of kayfabe to something else. And if that name was said, because everyone thought they were so smart, we literally would say another word and the locker room goes silent. And that means there was an outsider in there. Um, yep. Uh, Mark, total sidebar, that whole incident was the first time I ever came and visited Bubba in WWE because I was shooting a TV show and I was there and I remember like there was also a police officer there who was like the witness and everything was fine and he gave a statement and I remember Bubba like he's hustling <laughs> through because we don't know if we're going to you know get arrested and he goes, the one time you come to a show and ECW comes back, look what the fuck happened. <laughs> and the other part was Armando Estrada was there as a fan and watched the guy go with the shotgun punch. And your face explodes. Um, but you know, I didn't, I didn't tell no. all that happened because it's not meant for all of it to be told. But that dude, he also tried to push through bully to get between he was at the bar, he right. tried to he tried to phys, he tried to get physical with fuck you guys at the same time, and bully got him before I did, and I was glad. They, you know, uh, let me ju- let me just finish on, on my point, uh, please. I'll yep. tell you about kayfabe. When the Sandman, we did an angle where I blinded the Sandman. We stole that from the junkyard dog. But do you know that Sandman didn't leave his house for three weeks? Because and he because everyone thought he was blind. And then when he had to go pick up his kids from school, he wore bandages and those glasses. And everyone's like, oh, my God, Sandman is really blind. If anyone ever says like, oh, the Singapore cane, they cut the strand so it doesn't hurt. The Singapore cane hurts. And when they say that, I go watch when I got Singapore caned. It was a real cane. You could see the flesh pouring off of my body. There was nothing fake that you could do it. Or, or when we say, is it dead? No. When you see a little kid jumping up and down at WrestleMania, or I say, no, kayfabe isn't dead. When I see Natty Neidhart, who's a third generation wrestler and Tamina Snuka crying in the middle of the ring because they won a tag team title. That's why kayfabe is never dead. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what Beulah, who was my girlfriend at the time, the girl that I was currently in a sexual relationship with. Yeah. I used to make her wear a neck brace. The only time, and I wish she was here and she would tell a story. The only time she was allowed to take that neck brace off was in the car or in the hotel room. And when she had to walk around, she wore a neck brace. As soon as we got out of the car on the Jersey turnpike to get gas She'd have to put that neck brace on 100 degree weather in the summer. And she's like, I hate this thing. And I'd be like, shut up. <laughs> well, I think, we the, I think the things that we learned on this episode is, you know, I want to keep talking. 
protecting the industry. Kayfabe is not dead. And of course, as always, have respect. Guys, thank you so much for this. I really appreciate it. And this Drop- has to be a two-parter. We, maybe we'll have a, t- a second part. Uh, Gabe, thanks for listening. Gabe, hang on one second. Stop okay. cutting me off. On here we go. Well, actually, you know what I'm going to do Saturday off. night? What? You know what I'm going to do Saturday night because this thing drops Sunday. Yes. I'm going to work the world Saturday night, and we'll show you how much kayfabe is still alive. And when everyone hears ah. that on Saturday, you'll see the reaction on Sunday because people who are going to listen to this guy, oh my God, Dreamer got me on Saturday. Okay. Done. Done. You're listening to it now. It's Busted Mm. Opens the Masterclass. Thanks to Mark Henry, Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer. Don't forget, this drops each and every Sunday. Make sure you rate and subscribe. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Pandora. And you can always listen to Busted Open Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern Time on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. We'll talk to you next Sunday right here. I'm Busted Opens, the master's class. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.